Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Dawn Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Dawn. And I'm Ronnie. And today we are talking about reading on a budget. Not that any of us need to curtail any of our book buying, but um, in case you do, uh, Dawn, how are you on your, your book budgeting? Do you find it hard to spend money on books or do you have a budget? set aside for that? I do sometimes find it hard to spend money on books just because I have access to so many of them all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of depends on how my life is going because there's times that I am like, I could literally build like a small shed in the backyard out of the books and live in there comfortably (laughs) with a family of four. But there's other times I'm like, I don't do jewelry. I don't do purses. I don't do shoes. It's not drugs. I'm going to go buy all the books. <laughs> I love the, the rationale of not drugs. So it's right. okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, anybody remember Scrooge McDuck sitting on a pile of gold <laughs> coins? That's kind of me with my books. Like I have so many books. I do not need to buy another book in my whole life. And I would have enough probably to read until I was dead. However, um, no, I don't find it hard to spend money on books, which is the problem. <laughs> so I have, I have found myself spending way too much money, you know, on books, especially during the pandemic, because I was like, they can be delivered to my house and they can bring me happiness. And right. like every day, my husband was like, is that another book on the doorstep? <laughs> you know, no, no, that's totally like garbage bags in that box. <laughs> it is a box of joy. Leave me alone. <laughs> yes. So I did try to curtail and Dawn always laughs at me when I'm like, I'm not buying any books this month. And she's like, uh-huh, sure. sure uh-huh. You're not. <laughs> um, but what I did probably a year or so into the pandemic is like, okay, I got to figure this out because getting new books brings me joy and I want joy in my life, but I also don't want to have an addiction to buy <laughs> books constantly um, and then piling them up around my house. So that's when I started to research all the library stuff um, because obviously I knew libraries existed, but I had moved here right before the pandemic. I hadn't signed up for the library here. Um, So I'm like, I can get books and still get that joy. New book, new book without having to like spend the money on it or have endless packages showing up on my doorstep. So our first um, thing we're going to talk about today is the most obvious if you're trying to buy books on a budget is libraries. So Dawn, how do you feel about libraries? I love libraries and the town that we live in now doesn't actually have one. And that makes me very sad. They have one very small building that is supposed to be used as a library, but evidently it flooded a while ago and it's still not open. It hasn't been fixed, all that kind of stuff. But I love libraries because I grew up in libraries Mm -hmm. and you're surrounded by all the wonderful books. And we need to discuss the fact that buying books and reading those books are two (laughs) completely separate activities yes and so I think the library can kind of fulfill that 
I want to take all these home and I take them all home and I play with them. And as we've talked about in our previous podcast, maybe you don't read all of it Mm -hmm. and that's okay. You get Mm -hmm. to take it back and then you can bring it home with you again later if you want. Right. And I think sometimes the library due date can help like people like me, maybe I'm not going to read all five that I checked out or something, but if I know this one was in high demand and I had it on hold and it came in and now I have three weeks to read it, I'm going to be more motivated to read it and get it read because I know it's going to go back into the, the mix and then I'm going to have to wait for you know two months on hold again. So it will push me to read a book sooner. Um, whereas when I buy a book, it can sit on my shelf literally for 10 years. I have one on my shelf that is 10 years old that I have not read. It's the second Outlander book for those who are wondering. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I think it does that, that pressure of a deadline can actually be helpful um, too. But Dawn, she admitted in our notes, I don't know if you should say this publicly. <laughs> okay. So when I was 10 years old, uh, my mother and I had moved from Texas to Joplin, Missouri, and we only lived there. I don't even think we lived there for an entire calendar year. Um, but my mom was working two jobs at the time. She was a single mom and I would go stay with my great grandmother and she lived in a retirement apartment thing that was across the street from the Joplin public library. Nice. So she would take me to the library and she got me a library card with her address Mm. because technically I didn't live in that town. We lived in a little town outside of it. So she got me a library card with that address. And so at one point I was over there, I checked out a library book called The Lone Seal Pup. (laughs) I still have it in a drawer right over here. I will post a picture of the book that I have had from the Joplin Public Library since 1986. Dawn is a thief, you guys. (laughs) Because, Because in my defense, what happened was I had been over there. She had taken me to the library. I checked out this book and literally like we packed up and moved over our next week and moved to a completely different state. Yeah. So I had no idea. I still had this book. I probably owe the Joplin public library, like <laughs> $7,000 at this point. Um, so, so that was, that was my one book thief. Mm-hmm. And then the other time this actually worked out really well. Because I had, I was in fifth or sixth grade and I had checked out a book from the library on sign language because I thought it was really cool and I wanted to learn it. And um, I was young enough that my friends and I were playing school. Mm -hmm. And so I had put it into an old backpack because I was pretending to go off to school with it. It was my textbook. I put it into an old backpack. Then I couldn't find it when it was time to return it. Uh. And um, gotten all sorts of trouble because God forbid I lose a book, right? (laughs) Gotten all sorts of trouble. My parents had to pay for it. So I didn't technically steal it. We did pay for it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, probably a couple of years later, we had moved a couple of times in between there. And at one point my mom was like, do you want to get rid of this backpack? I don't think you need it anymore, whatever. And opened it up. And there is that book on sign language. And then you fast forward to where I spent 18 years teaching sign language to high school kids. <laughs> so I think that one was okay. I'm yeah. all right with that. That was the universe tapping on your shoulder and going, hey, this is your thing. We're going right. to yeah. take this book. <laughs> you should take paid- this in this backpack. Really tick off your mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up in libraries too. My mom 
brought me there regularly. She was a big reader and we didn't have a ton of extra money to spend on books. So I was a voracious reader. So in order to keep food on the table and not spend all the money on what I wanted to read, um, she would bring me to the library. And my earliest memory, I think in the library was they had the copy of the never ending story. I don't know if anybody remembers it, if you're eighties kid, but it had two color inks in it. So the never ending story is a book about a book that you get lost in. Right. Um, but if you were in the regular world, I think it was in red. And if you were in the never ending story world, it was in green. So it alternated the colors and it was just like a beautiful book. And I remember just like cherishing that I had gotten that one at the library that nobody else had checked it out, but I got to uh, have that one. So yes, I really love the library and just to not make anybody scared of fines. Most libraries now, um, they either have a cap on their fee for if you're late or they have no late fees at all. You just can't check out new books until you bring back the old ones because they didn't want people being scared to come into the library and return a book and have like a $50, you know, fee for a $10 book. Um, so check your own library's um, rules, but you don't have to worry about it as much if you sometimes forget to bring them back on time. It's not that big of a deal. Or move to another state and take them or, with you. Or steal outright like Dawn. <laughs> Um, and obviously we're not telling you anything new that you can get free books at the library, ha, huh? breaking news. Um, but we do have some tips if you aren't familiar with your local library or what they have now, if you haven't been in a while. Um, first is obviously get your local card. Dawn, you don't have your local library, so we're going to so figure sad. out for you. <laughs> um, but most have digital collections now. So if you don't actually want to go to the library and, you know, look at the books, you can get them through whatever app they use. So most libraries use Libby. It's a very user-friendly app where you can download an ebook. It will send it straight to your Kindle or whatever your e-reading device is. And it, you get the pretty cover and the whole thing. You get the full experience of just like you had bought the book. Um, and then once it's expired your you know, loan time, it just disappears from your Kindle. Although someone gave me the tip that if you're not finished <laughs> the book, you turn off your Wi-Fi on your Kindle and they can't steal the book back until you're done with it. So there you go. There's a tip there. Um, and then a lot of libraries also have Hoopla, which is an additional app. The only bad thing about Hoopla is that it doesn't work with a Kindle Paperwhite, which is what I have. So if you have a um, e-reader that has the e-ink or whatever it's called, um, it doesn't work with that kind. You have to have some, some sort of tablet or you have to read on your phone. But Hoopla has a lot of great books, including some of mine, if you uh, want to check that. But they also have audiobooks. So I use Hoopla a lot for audiobooks. And the way Hoopla works is your library gives you a certain number a month. It's not an expiration date, like a due date. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. So like my library, I think I get six a month and it, they'll remind you like, have you used up all your borrows this month? And then you keep it, I think for 21 days, maybe it's three or four weeks. Um, but do they have movies? They have magazines, they have um, all kinds of other things, but audiobooks are great on there. They have a lot of selection um, and it's really easy to use. So if your library uses that, make sure you download that app as well. Um, and you can watch the movies via your Roku or whatever, like the Hoopla app works like your Apple TV app or something. Um, so that's your basics. But if you're want to like upgrade or you're like Dawn and don't have a local library, um, there is something else you can do. So Dawn, what are we going to approach for you? <laughs> We're going to get me a non-resident library card, which I had no idea was a thing. And it sounds super cool. Yeah. So this was something I figured out over the last year. I don't remember who told me the first time, but there are certain libraries that you can pay a fee 
um, if you're not a resident, a yearly fee, and then you can have full access to their library service. So for me, I'm um, in Fort Worth Public Library is the one I pay for. Now for Fort Worth, I don't know if you can do it remotely. So I had to go to the Fort Worth Library and I paid $50 and for a year I get full access to their collection and their collection is way bigger than my little small library in my town. Um, so I'm still a member of my towns, but now I have Fort Worth as well. <laughs> so that oh, pretty much any book I could want, I would say 90% of the time, one of the libraries I, I use has it. Um, but there are a number of libraries that you can get non-resident cards. You can get them online. Um, there is a website that lists them. I'm going to put that in the show notes. So it's at a world adventure by book, but she has a whole list. And some of them are like the Brooklyn public library, Florida, Orange County is the one I've heard a lot of people have joined because it's like a huge collection. Um, the Houston public library also offers it. So if you want all the books you could want, and you want to think about it, if you pay $50 a year, even $70 or whatever it is, um, think how many books you'd buy to add up to that amount and how many you could actually check out, you know, based on that. So, and you don't have to be near it because you can do everything ebook. So I highly recommend this. And we're going to get Dawn one at the Fort Worth library soon. That'll have to be a field trip for us. I was going to say, I think if I have to go do it in person, that needs to be a rad reading field yes. trip day. And we will definitely have to find some queso in Fort Worth. Yes. Of so course. always a reason for queso. <laughs> um, and then with your library, if you don't, if you can't find the book that you want, a lot of libraries have a method for you to request that they buy it for their collection. And a lot of times they just will. So my mom's library that she was a member of, which is Jefferson Parish Public Library um, in New Orleans, she's also part of that one. She can hit it in Libby that requests this book and almost always they buy it. And then she's the first, they automatically check it out to her first. So it's oh, like, that's you bought, cool. yeah, it's like you <laughs> bought the book. Fort Worth doesn't do that. <laughs> but I don't have that one. Um, but a lot of libraries do, or you can go in person and request a book and they'll put you on the list first for the hold. So if it's a new release coming up and you think it's going to be a big book and you, you want to, you know, the library to get it, you can say, Hey, I'm requesting that y'all buy this book. And then usually, you know, they will put you first on the list. So it's, and that's good for authors too. I'm a writer. Obviously I would like people to buy my books, buy books if you can. Um, but libraries buying books is this, is I get, you know, a benefit from that too. And having my books in libraries means you may go find one of my old books from 2014 sitting on the library shelves and you read it. And then that makes you want to go buy my front list, um, which is the new books that are coming out. So libraries help authors. Um, and I, that's why I'm encouraging them. So don't feel bad for using your library. And one other tip I wanted to share was if you are nerdy, um, which I'm assuming some of you are, if you're listening to this, if you're not, why are you here? They're not nerdy. <laughs> they're just our people. We welcome them. If you're nerdy enough to know when books are coming out and you're tracking release dates at all, or you're putting them on a wish list, um, you can keep track and then know that this book comes out today and check your library on the day of and reserve it first. And I think some libraries will let you reserve it before it comes out. Mine doesn't. Um, but if you know, like, Ooh, this is the hot release coming out on that morning, you can go to your library and be like, yep, I'm first on the hold list. So <laughs> it's mine for the next two weeks. <laughs> yes. Now if it's a super huge book, like the new, um, Jody Picoult book came out or Pico, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, and when I went on like the day of release, it was like six month wait. And I'm like, already then. So <laughs> it'll be a while. Um, but yeah, you can do that and get the new books first. Well, and they have these very dangerous things called 
library book sales. Um, the one where I grew up was the friends of the library book sale. Mm -hmm. And so all of the books that have been donated to them, but they have too many in their collection of that particular copy or author or whatever, or some that are outdated or whatever, they, they sell all of it usually at a very discounted price. Mm -hmm. And I know this is where I got a lot of kids books, mm -hmm. but they also have tons and tons of adult books. And so I know we're talking about reading on a budget and you could definitely stay on a budget, but it's going to be hard. But then that is something, it benefits your library. You get all new books and it's just, it's a really cool experience. It's like walking through a used bookstore. It's just a really cool experience. Yeah. And I, I donate to the library, the books that I get rid of, that's where my main donation spot is instead of bringing them to, you know, like a general goodwill or something. And my library has a whole like room that you can see it's for the library sale. And I'm always like, I just want to peek in and be like, Ooh, but I donate good books. So mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm sure I'm not the only one I'm donating hardcover books. I'm donating books that are still very new. So you can find some really good finds in those uh, library sales. But so the general PSA about all this is go get your library card. Y'all <laughs> get your library card. That's where you're going to start and then get more library cards. <laughs> And then spread, just keep its collection. <laughs> yes. So another way that you can get books on a budget is kind of narrowing yourself down to a subscription service. So this way you have kind of your set budget. You know, I'm going to spend $15 a month on book of the month. And that's going to guarantee that each month I get at least one brand new hardcover new release book. Um, but there's all kinds of different ones we're going to talk about, but Dawn, why don't you talk about kind of one of the common ones that a lot of us are members of and we don't even realize have benefits. Right. And that's what's kind of cool is this is something most of us already pay for. And that's that Amazon Prime has lots of free reading that is actually under Amazon Prime. It's We're going to talk about Kindle Unlimited in a second as well. But with your Amazon Prime membership, most of us know like you can get free videos and movies on Amazon Prime, but they also have free reading on Amazon Prime. And the um, good thing about this is they do have some kids books. They have tons and tons of adult books, but you get this email every month that tells you, hey, these are the ones that normally aren't in Amazon Prime, but they are for this month and you get to pick one. Mm -hmm. And Ronnie has opinions about that. Yeah. So this is their Amazon first reads program. So it's usually books that aren't quite released yet, but they're through Amazon publishers um, and you get to pick one each month. Sometimes I'll let you pick two and you guys... <laughs> I was picking one or two of these each month because I like, you know, free books. Yeah. But there, I have a mental block against Amazon first read books. So I'm admitting it here. I have not read a single one. And I think it's something about the covers that don't like the romance covers and stuff are not, I don't know. They don't appeal to me. So when I see them sitting on my ebook shelf, I never reach for those. So I personally have stopped downloading them because I'm like, I don't need them if I am not going to actually read them. So if anybody out there has a great first read Amazon yes. book that you want to pass along to me and tell me, no, no, they're actually good. Um, let me know because for some reason I just can't pick those up. So I don't know, Dawn, have you read any of those? That is an excellent question. <laughs> um, I have downloaded a few. I don't, because we all know from our book journal um, episode that I don't tend to pay attention to where the book came from. It just magically pops into my life and I read it and then I go on. So I can't say whether I have or not. 
Um, I have used some of the Amazon Prime reading mm-hmm. that, oh, I want to check out this book. Oh, look, it's free. I'm definitely checking out this book. But I can't say if I've actually downloaded anything off of the first reads. First reads. And one thing that is kind of cool about some of the Amazon Prime reads is that some of them have free audio with them as well. Mm-hmm. And so I recently tried out an audiobook because we've talked about that Ronnie very much does audiobooks more than I do. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try one. And then I am signed into Audible, which I've never, to the best of my knowledge, never signed into before. And it was like, oh, hey, you have this book, this book, and this book that already has the audio narration with it. Hmm. So right. sometimes those books have include that too. Nice. Um, and then I'm sure most of y'all have heard of Kindle Unlimited. So that's Amazon's program where you can pay a monthly fee and download any book in Kindle Unlimited, you know, subscription. So I have this and just so you know, it's mostly indie authors. So if you're looking to read more indies, which is one of my goals this year, um, a lot of them are, you know, in Kindle Unlimited. Now this does mean that the book is exclusive to Amazon. So just you know, inside baseball kind of things. If somebody's in Kindle Unlimited, Amazon requires them to say, hey, this book is only going to be here. So if you don't see an author in Kindle Unlimited, that's probably why is that either they're traditionally published or they want to also have their book at Barnes and Noble on Nook and they also want to put it, you know, on whatever. So these are exclusive to Kindle um, and you'll get access to books that you can't find other places. So that's good. Um, the one drawback is you do have to be a pretty heavy curator on Kindle Unlimited because anybody can kind of throw something up there. Um, and some are great and mm-hmm. fantastic and some are really not so great. Um, so I tend to look at the bestseller list for categories that helps me kind of curate because other readers have bought those for a reason. And I look at their, you know, review average and all of that. Um, but yeah, you can find some really weird stuff in Kindle Unlimited if you dig too deep. So, Well, and I resisted Kindle Unlimited for a long time, even though I work with tons of authors who in our world, we refer to it as KU. I work with tons of authors who are in KU and totally was like, yes, I know this works for you. One thing I do want to point out, because I know that some, um, some people have asked me about this, because you are paying a monthly fee, the authors still get and still benefit from you reading their book Mm -hmm. it's even though you're not directly buying the book and um the limitations that I see with KU is one that you can only borrow 20 at a time (laughs) which doesn't seem like it would be a limitation but there's times I'm like oh I want that one and no I want that one and no what do you mean I have to give one back um so um you can find some really great authors in there I know that like I think recently Dean Koontz Mm -hmm. um some of his books have started showing up in there. Amazing indie authors show up in there. But yes, there, there's some things that are different. Mm-hmm. If you dig around deep enough, there's a couple of things that you're like, huh, I would not have thought of that. <laughs> um, so, but it's a good, if you're, because I think it's $10 a month or something like that. It's one of those where you weigh the option of how much do I spend per month on books? Mm -hmm. And would I use these books? You know, if I'm looking at the books that are in KU, if those are the type of books that I enjoy, I'm going to spend way more than $10 a month. So it is a good option. Yeah. And I will say, I think the way it works for authors is if you're in KU, you don't get paid if somebody downloads the book, you get paid when they read it. Right. Um, It's by page reads. Yes. Yes. So you have to 
the author has to write a good enough book to make you want to read it and keep turning the pages in order for them to make their money on it. Um, so that is a difference in how it works. And there are some traditionally published books in KU. They kind of put some in, I think sometimes just as like a promotional thing, a publisher will do it, but in general, it's um, very indie heavy. Um, and a lot of authors will put like an exclusive series in it. Like they'll have books in other places, but they'll say this series is a KU series. So, right. you know, get that. Well, and one thing I think we need to point out is you do not have to have a Kindle to use this. You can download the Kindle app for free and use it on your phone or on your tablet. It's not that um, it has to be a specific, I own a Kindle. Mm -hmm. it can, you can read it at several different places, which is why I always like hitting the um, Kindle top 100 mm -hmm. and they have the top 100 paid and the top 100 free. And a lot of times on the top 100 free, you can find some really good authors because frequently people will make the first book in their series free, right? Because they're trying to hook you into the series. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great way to test it out, to test out a new author, to test out a new series, to see, okay, is this for me or is this not without having to spend any money on it? Yes. It's the grocery store sample. When you walk yes. by the grocery store and they're giving you the sample, it's like, you get the first free, but yes. then all these cookies you need to be bought. Um, yes. Yeah. So, and the free list or the top 100 list, you can separate by all the categories. So that's what I look at as I'll go into the contemporary list and it'll be like the top 100 in contemporary romance, you know, 100 free, 100 paid. So you can really, they have very, very detailed categories. Yes. <laughs> you can drill down real deep. <laughs> and some of the categories they put things in, like my books are in weird categories sometimes, but um, I am not in KU, but anyway. Okay. And then going to more traditional kind of book subscriptions, which, you know, I might have a little bit of a problem. <laughs> so this is the 30 day update from Ronnie's intervention. <laughs> How are you feeling about things? Right. So as I mentioned in a previous episode, I am doing a lot of subscriptions this year. I'm doing a book challenge around them to make sure I actually read the books from the subscriptions. Um, I'm a member of book of the month, the book drop in the bookworm box. So so far, my challenge is not great. <laughs> I'm not doing so great. It's not because of the subscriptions. It's because of a little dog named Leonard who has not given me any reading time. Um, if you're on Instagram, you will see today he was zooming through my office, you know, stealing a box um, that he had found. And so my life is very loud and barky and bitey right now. And so not too much downtime, but I have read one book from subscriptions um, I did skip the book of the month in January, but I have three books coming in my February box. So I'll have some books from there. And the book drop has sent me two really appealing looking rom-coms. I really like the premises and the covers. Um, I just haven't gotten to them yet. The bookworm box this month sent two beautiful books with beautiful covers because the nice thing about the bookworm box, the, mainly the reason I signed up for it is they take books um, that are already out, but they give them new covers. So they have the author have an exclusive cover. So you only get that print version if you're a member of the bookworm box and all the money goes to charity, which is great. Um, but this month they sent me two books that are over 500 pages long, contemporary romances. So I'm scared, y'all. <laughs> That's scared. a commitment right there. That's a, you're diving in. I picked up the box and I'm like, good Lord, this is heavy. And I pulled it out and it's like two Bibles, you know? Um, well, but we do always have to bring it back to the 700 page lizard book. Yes, I, I can love some long books. That's not the problem. It's just the problem of intimidation when it's like, what is my next thing I'm going to read? And when it's something really long, it just feels like, 
oh, I, I, you know, like it's so much of a commitment, um, if, which is stupid. Cause you know, if you break up a trilogy, like if I right. read a trilogy really fast, it's like a thousand pages, but it's a mental block. Um, but so far I've only gotten one check off my subscription, um, thing, but I do love that each month I get a surprise or two surprises in the mail, um, book of the month. It's not a surprise. Cause I get to pick, but I like that. That's like a regular thing. And it's also a one-time price. Now these aren't all cheap book of the month is pretty cheap. It's I think 1499 still, um, the bookworm box I'm getting is like the most expensive one. It's like 50 bucks, but I get two paperbacks with exclusive covers and I get two eBooks. So it's four books for 50 bucks plus some swag. So, you know, I think that's a good price for what I'm getting, but yeah, it's not exactly on a budget. <laughs> it magically shows up on your doorstep and brings you a box of joy. It does bring me a box of joy. So yes. Um, and then I do have subscriptions or a subscription for audiobooks to Audible. You can also do one through Libro FM, which supports independent bookstores, which I may switch to eventually. Right now it's hard to switch from Audible because I have such a library built up over there already. Um, but if you're just starting and want audiobooks, Libro FM is a good, it's Libro.fm online um, is a good option. So well, and as we mentioned earlier, you can get audiobooks to your library. And then I recently discovered that uh, Spotify has some audiobooks on there. So if you're already paying for a spot, 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 <laughs> spot, spot, wicked, wicked, wicked. Totally going to beatbox now. <laughs> if you are already paying for a Spotify subscription, <laughs> I work with words. It's fine. Um, they did have some on there. One of them that I noticed when I just Googled or um, searched for books on there was Dork Diaries popped up, mm -hmm. which was a huge hit with my kids. Um, well, with my daughter when mm -hmm. she was younger. And so that's a place to check things out too. Yeah. And then we have some other options. If you're still trying to stay on a budget, we've done libraries and book subscriptions, but now these are more um, just kind of random ways that we've lumped into a different category. So first is, I don't know if this is good for their budgets, Dawn, or bad for their budgets. I haven't this decided. This is where Ronnie totally becomes an enabler. This is where Ronnie says things like, I'm going to do a no spend month. I'm not going to buy any books this month. And then random emails pop up of, or random texts pop up of, hey, did you see this is on sale? Did you see that's on sale? <laughs> so tell us about all the email things. Yeah. So I'm a sucker for a sale and it's a problem, but like, cause like right now I was telling Dawn before we got started this call, um, is that right now Amazon is doing a three for two on hard covers and paperbacks on certain books and cookbooks were included. And you know, you guys have a cookbook problem. And if you can, if you can get three cookbooks for the price of two, that's a real deal. You're actually saving like $25. So yeah, I didn't need more cookbooks, but three cookbooks are now on their way um, to my house. So yes, this can be good for your budget and also bad for your budget, depending on how you handle yourself <laughs> with sales. So these are book deal emails. There are a whole bunch of them and I'm not going to be able to hit all of them, but I'm going to tell you the ones that I subscribe to. Um, and what I do, if it's a tip to help those of you who may have a problem with seeing sales every day is I set up a rule in my inbox that all of my book deal mails go into their own folder. So they don't pop into my main inbox. So I only go there if I'm like, I would like to buy a book today and I'll go see what's on sale instead of it. Like just, which is every day. Let's be honest. It's not like I, you're I doing it, that once I a month. I check it every other day, maybe sometimes. <laughs> uh, Okay. So book deal emails. Um, these are the ones I subscribe to. I subscribe to book bub, which is probably one of the more popular ones. Um, and 
authors can pay to, you know, send out emails that their books on sale and everything. And then Kindle daily deals. That's one that comes out every day. If you are a Kindle user and Nook daily finds email, because even though I don't have a Nook from Barnes and Noble, if something goes on sale on Nook, Amazon matches the price. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So if something is on sale at Barnes and Noble, you can guarantee that Amazon is going to also have it at the same price. Um, and then I get the book riot deals email. So book riot has a whole bunch of different newsletters you can sign up for, but they have a specific one just for book deals. And I like that they find books that the other ones don't necessarily find. It's not just what's on sale, but they curate it, um, you know, based on the kind of book riot principles. So it's usually lots of own voices books or, you know, YA mixed in with adult, it's all kinds of a mix of things. Cause they're, you know, have their own style there. So if you like book riot, uh, articles and stuff, you'll probably like their deals email. Um, Modern Mrs. Darcy is a podcaster and blogger and she does a daily deals, e- daily deals email, I can talk, um, that she also curates and often she'll give a little blurb of like why she's including that book, which I like because she's read it or whatever. Um, and then Audible has a daily deal email for an audiobook. So those are the ones, you know, the very few that I subscribe to. <laughs> Just just a couple, just a couple, but they are tucked away in a nice folder called bookish things on my email. Um, and I really have gotten better with this because I was buying books, um, on sale a lot in the beginning, you know, when you first get your Kindle and it's like Mm -hmm. so many books, um, and it's a pain to have them in my Kindle library now that I don't need them. So now I'm a little bit more, um, careful because I'm like, do I really, really want this book? Also, I will check now, is that the library and available? So if I could get it anyway at the library, I don't necessarily need to get it on deal if I'm not sure about the author. If it's an author I know I'll like, or it's a new release that I know is going to be on wait at the library or something, then I'll buy it. But yeah, those are my book deal emails. Dawn, do you subscribe to any deal emails? I do not. I subscribe to my friend, Ronnie, who tips and me text. <laughs> and it's like, Hey, you'll like this. You need to go get it. It's on sale for $1.99. It's the Ronnie curation. <laughs> yes. She's very good at it. Y'all very good at it. Um, and then you can also, this is just a fun thing to do. Goodreads has giveaways and you just go into Goodreads and click their giveaways. I don't remember where it is in the menu, but you click it and every day you can look, there's like hundreds of giveaways. And all you have, and some of them are for eBooks and some of them are for print books. All you have to do is click a little button that says enter giveaway, enter giveaway. I mean, you could literally just scan down it and um, I've never won one, but I know a lot of people who have, and that's because I don't enter that many. Um, I will warn you though, for those of us who are a little uptight, not that this is me <laughs> and not that it's I was totally her. <laughs> don't listen to her. It's totally her. And not that I was totally irritated that this is how it works, but if you enter a giveaway on Goodreads, it automatically adds that book to your to be read list on your your book list. I only put books on my to be read list that either I own or that I have checked out from the library. I don't want like potential books that I might read or might buy in the future on my to be read list. That's not how I manage it. So just know that if you enter the giveaway, it will go on there. All I did was I created a separate folder on Goodreads that I could just shift them into there after they went on my TBR. I was like, nope, they're going to go into my giveaways folder (laughs) because I'm anal retentive and they need to be in their own place. Um, But it also is a good way to discover books you didn't know were coming out. It's a lot of new releases or, you know, arcs. So advanced reader copies. Um, So I've discovered a lot of books going just through the giveaways going, oh, I didn't know that was coming out. And that looks interesting. So if you have time to kill (laughs) and you just want to go discover new books, 
it's also a good option, but. Well, and the other way you can do that is become a reviewer. And this is what I was doing before I started editing is they have sites, um, NetGalley is probably the most popular one. Um, they also have another one that I have no idea if I'm ever saying this right, but I think it's Edelweiss. But I've heard or Edelweiss and sure. I've, heard, I've heard other stuff, so I don't know. <laughs> so, so we'll put those links in the show notes for you. Right. Um, and so what these sites are is you can go in as a reviewer. Normally they want you to have a blog or have somewhere where you're showing the reviews because their goal is to provide ARCs, which are advanced reader copies. Their goal is to provide ARCs to build a buzz around a book. Mm -hmm. So you go in, you show that you have some reason to be requesting these books, but they do have some that you don't have to be approved for. Mm -hmm. They have some that are under the read now category and that's where an author just puts their book in there or the publisher. A lot of these are traditionally published. Mm -hmm. The publisher puts the book in there because they want people to read it. And you provide a feedback that goes to the publisher or sometimes if the publisher is the author, it will go directly back to the author. And then there's the expectation. That's why you see these reviews on Goodreads and on Amazon sometimes that say this book was provided for me in exchange for an honest review. Mm -hmm. so I read tons of books this way back like I said before I started editing when I had time to do the book reviews I will say there is an approval process and some publishers will approve you or not approve you depending on like how many blog views you have that kind of thing I did do a review for a book and honestly I gave the book three stars and then their publishing pub publicity company contacted me separately and was like hey we saw that you read this book we want you to review her next book and I'm like really okay <laughs> and they sent me a hard cover of the book mm -hmm. because they wanted to take it out of NetGalley and wanted me to review it personally so that part can be a little bit hard to get used to at first because there's some books you get really excited about and then you don't get approved for them because they only approve so many ARC readers mm -hmm. one book in particular <laughs> that I am still bitter about <laughs> is that I got rejected to review a book that was dedicated to me. <laughs> so I'm going to let that go. I'm just going to put it out there and then I will let it go. But so that process can be a little, little weird, but using that galley or using the other site that we, I didn't have a whole lot of experience with that site. I think I only got one or two books from them. Mm -hmm. And then Authors often have ARC teams mm -hmm. where you can sign up for them. And so if you follow an author on social media or if you're in their reader group, they'll have basically a Google form usually of, hey, who wants to review this? And you can sign up for it that way too. Yeah. And just know that this is not just free books. So this is coming with an obligation. So there is a little work involved. You don't have to give it a good review, but you have right. to give it an honest review. And if you if you don't get to it, that's fine. But that if you continue to request them and don't review them, then people stop giving you the books because yes. you're not showing that you're reviewing them. Um, so there is a little bit of a, you know, you have to do something for it. And Edelweiss, I will say is um, through the publishers themselves. So you're dealing directly um, with them and they are more picky on Edelweiss than NetGalley. NetGalley is used to dealing with bloggers and things. And I feel like Edelweiss is more like professional reviewers use that. Um, so I have gotten approved before in Edelweiss, but I have also gotten 
you know, even as Ronnie, quote unquote, Ronnie Loren, who could give a cover quote, like I haven't gotten um, approved for everything. So NetGalley is usually the better place to start. Um, and then, you know, at the end of the day, you can go old school and go to used bookstores. Me and Don had a field trip that we talked about, um, you know, that you can go and pick through the stacks and see all the weird old out of print books, you know, especially in the romance section um, and find some really cheap deals. And then one thing that kind of fascinates me that I've never really taken advantage of, but I love seeing is the little bitty libraries out in front of people's houses or out in front of businesses sometimes. Yeah. So this is a movement that's been going on for a few years, but it's the little free library um, and you can find them everywhere. So if you go, I'm going to put the link in the show notes, but littlefreelibrary.org, they actually have maps. So you can search near you, like, where is there a little free library? I didn't realize that when I moved in at first that like my, we have a mailbox, like a community mailbox in our neighborhood. And one of the package mailboxes, somebody turned into a little free library. So you can go and what they are is people put books in that they donate and you take a book and leave a book. So you bring something that you have that, you know, you want to share and you put it back in and you take something. So they're really cute. People get really creative with like, they look like little bird houses, but they're Mm -hmm. bigger. Um, so you can find if you have some near you, I bet you, you will. Yes. And then if you don't, you can also start your own. They, on that website, they give you like all the information you need to like start your own little one. You could put it in your front yard, um, you know, anywhere that you want to add it. So they're really cute and it's a way to get free books and also maybe meet neighbors. You could put a little note in there of why you're donating that one and why you liked the book. So I thought that was a fun, fun thing that's been popping up. And then the best thing for my super extroverted self is also that you can book swap with friends, Mm -hmm. but there are rules to that. (laughs) What are the rules, Dawn? (laughs) Rule number one is you return the book in the same condition you received it. Mm -hmm. And if you are someone who dog ears pages, or if you... We can't be friends anymore. Or if you are someone who, when you are not reading the book, you lay it face down with the pages all spread and the spine mm-hmm. screaming for its life, treat them kindly yes. and you always return them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm an only child and book swapping is hard. Like if it's a, <laughs> if it's a book that I like, kind of liked, I'm fine. But if it's like a book I really liked, like I want it back in pristine condition. I, I am not the friend you want to book swap with. <laughs> I'm sorry. So me and Don have been friends a long time. Don, have I ever lent you a book? No, Ronnie just buys them for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's here, it's yours. <laughs> this is my way around it. Yes, you can do what you want with it. And I trust Don to take care of a book. I just, I don't know. I'm weird about it. Um, and those of you who are dog earring pages, go get yourself either a really nice bookmark yes. or book darts. I think I've talked about it on a previous episode, but you can slide them onto the page if you want to remember a quote or something and you can save the pages. <laughs> All right. So those are our tips this week on book budgets and how to get more books for your money. And uh, we have some books that maybe you want to go out and get right now. So it's not time for our rad wrecks of the week. Dom, what are you bringing today? Today, we are going to talk about the book Chasing Fire by Emery Jacobs. And it's good. It has fire in the title because super hot book, super hot cover. You just want to look at it for a little bit. Um, This is the second book in the Twisted Fate Connected series. 
but it's totally a standalone. The only thing that is connected is that characters from other books make cameos appearances. You don't need to read the other books. You'll fully understand the story, fully enjoy the story, fully get to know these characters. When you see the name of it, it does list that it's the second book. So I wanted to be sure I pointed that out. And it is the story of Chloe, who is a senator's daughter and has basically been raised in that kind of world. And she's pretty much being forced into a political marriage. And she doesn't want to do that. She's a pediatric ICU nurse, or I'm sorry, a pediatric ER nurse. She has this whole world in front of her that she does not want to go be the sweet little wife standing in the corner while her husband is up there running for office. And she has no connection to the guy that they're trying to get her to marry. Mm. Like no affinity for him at all. And at a event, basically they try to announce her engagement she ends up getting drunk. She ends up on Colton Fisher's front door because she leaves the event and is drunk and is wandering around. And Colton Fisher is a tattoo artist. He is super big, burly, hot dude who has a child. And his main goal is I cannot do anything that's going to risk my the custody of my child because mm-hmm. the woman that he has the child with is constantly trying to catch him doing something. And so now he has this drunk girl passed out on his porch. (laughs) Shenanigans ensues. (laughs) But, and this is in the blurb because this is not a spoiler. She ends up getting pregnant by Colton. Hmm. Not that night. Hmm. (laughs) Let's just lay that out there right there. Not that, not while she's drunk on the front porch. That's later. She ends up getting pregnant by Colton but she's technically still engaged to this other guy. Mm. And so one of the great lines that I saw in the blurb is pregnant by one man and engaged to another. I'm caught between pleasing my family who raised me and being with my soulmate. And it is a super fast paced, super hot, make you just want to hug him and tell him it's all going to be okay. (laughs) Type read. Yeah. Awesome. I have one with a kid in it today too, which is rare for me. Um, So mine, I'm going to give you a warning first that this book I read an early copy of because I was asked to read it for a potential cover quote, um, and it doesn't come out until March 8th. Um, But since we were talking about putting things on hold at the library and grabbing it release day, I figured I'm giving you an early heads up. So now you can be the first at your library to go request it and mark your calendar. But this is The Sweet Spot by Trish Dollar, and that's sweet, S-U-I-T-E, the sweet you would stay in. And I'm just going to give you first the quote because I did end up giving a cover quote and I do not give cover quotes to every book they send me. So I'm picky, <laughs> but this is my cover quote. Reading the sweet spot is like wearing bunny slippers and drinking cocoa in a blanket fort with a really hot guy. The ultimate comfort read to escape into when you need a break from the world. So this is the author of the float plan. If anybody read the float plan, but um, I'm going to do a little back cover copy on it and then I'll give you a little bit more um, of my experience with it. But Rachel Beck has hit a brick wall. She's a single mom still living at home and trying to keep her dying relationship alive. Aside from her daughter, the one bright light in Rachel's life is her job as a night reservation manager at a luxury hotel in Miami Beach until the night she's fired for something she didn't do. So on impulse, she inquires about a management position at a brewery hotel, which I hope is really a thing. Right? We need to go there. (laughs) A brewery hotel in an island in Lake Erie called Kelly's Island. When she's offered the job, she packs up her daughter and makes the cross-country move. What she finds on Kelly's Island is Mason, a handsome, moody man who knows everything about brewing beer and nothing about running a hotel. 
especially one that's barely more than a foundation in studs. It's not the job she was looking for, but Mason offers her a chance to help build a hotel and rebuild her own life from the ground up. So first of all, y'all know I love a high conflict, super angsty, overly emotional story. That is not this, this, this is not that kind of book. So this is not in my normal zone. You guys, the black moment, like the dark moment of the book is barely gray. It's like a whisper of gray, like a little smoke. Um, there's a kid in it. And that's almost always a deal killer <laughs> for a book for me and a romance. I don't want kids in my romance. Don't want pregnancy in my romance. Um, but I shouldn't have liked this. So when I read the back cover copy, I was like, I liked the first book. So I'm going to, you know, give it a shot, but I don't have high expectations. I should have liked it. Um, but it was like exactly what I needed at that moment when I read it. It's like so gentle and cozy and just warm. And um, I'd say it rides the line between women's fiction and romance, which her first one did as well. Um, but if you're looking for like, if you're feeling like frazzled and you're feeling like you've had a terrible week and you just, you can't handle a book that's going to like bring you to a dark place that you just want to like read something nice and lovely and cozy. Like this is that kind of book. And I didn't realize I needed that kind of book sometimes in my life. And when I read it, I was like, this is exactly what I needed right now. Cause I was like, Oh, please. No dark black moment. I was actually wishing for a gray moment. And then it was gray. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. I don't have to do any worrying. I can just like enjoy the romance and Plus, I think a brewery hotel in Lake Erie sounds awesome. Like it does. Well, except for the whole, I think it snows there a lot. Well, this is summer. This is definitely a summer okay. feeling okay. vibe. Um, I don't think there was any snow involved, but yeah, I, I'm not totally a beach person. And all these books are usually set on like beaches and beaches. I like to look at the beach, but I don't like being in the sand and sweaty and sunscreeny. <laughs> so like a lake in the mountains sounds way better with beer. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that sounds great. So that is a sweet spot um, by Trish Dollar. But that is it for this week. We have lots of reasons for y'all to go out now and get books. And if you uh, find any other libraries out there that have non-resident cards and great catalogs, let me know, you guys. I can always use more. Well, and feel free to hop in on our social media. You can find us on Facebook and on Instagram and tell us your best tip for finding books on a budget. Absolutely. Yeah. If you subscribe to any deal emails and stuff that I missed too, we'd love to, to share that because you know, I need more books. Please, please do not enable Ronnie any further. <laughs> Hush, don't listen to her at all. <laughs> so, all right, you guys, we'll be back in two weeks. And until next time, we hope every book you pick up is rad reading. Thanks you guys. <laughs>